Let's get to the headlines. Hello and welcome to Healthcare Strategies Headlines Edition. Today we have the pharmacists are walking out. The White House addresses AI. Feds try to fix surprise billing. And most patients are pro-wearable. This is Kyle Murphy, Vice President of Editorial Intelligent Healthcare Media, a division of Tech Target, and I am joined, as always, by Kelsey Waddell, hello, Senior Editor of All the Things Healthpayer Intelligence and Multimedia Manager. So, Kelsey, it is Halloween proper. Yeah. I'm wearing my skull and bones. No one can see it, but it's here. It's existing. Can attest. I also glow in the dark. Yeah, you can. Yeah, that was awesome. This is my second. This is my second costume of the day. The first costume I had a big mushroom hat on, where only a select people get to see that. <laughs> yeah. What costume or costumes are you looking forward to seeing this evening? I'd be curious to see if someone does like a Barbenheimer costume. That would be <gasps> yes. a blast. <laughs> I think that I think the time calls for such things. Now that oh, cinema yes. has realized that to get people into the movie theater, you need to offer them an experience that they just can't replicate at home. Yeah. And we come full circle, haven't we? We have. All right. You ready to get in some headlines? Let's go. All right. Pharmacists threaten walkouts. So per CNN, this happened over the weekend, employees at Walgreens and CVS pharmacies across the U.S. initiated a series of walkouts to protest poor working conditions that they claim compromise patient safety. Don't they all? Although most employees are not unionized, making large-scale walkouts challenging, actions have begun and are scheduled through November 1st, which would be the day this airs tomorrow. Previous walkouts led to minor disruptions, but momentum appears to be building. Workers concerned about retaliation are calling in sick, which is not counted as an official walkout by the companies. Clever. Got to read the fine print. A planned demonstration outside Walgreens headquarters is set for Wednesday. Various unions and advocacy groups support the walkout, and a GoFundMe page has raised over $60,000 for striking workers. The walkout coincides with increased demand for pharmacy services due to the cold and flu season. We all know that the pharmacy is no longer just the place where you get your prescriptions. Both Walgreens and CVS claim minimal disruption to operations so far. What else are you supposed to say? We've been crippled? Yeah. Kelsey, have you noticed any changes around your local pharmacy? I haven't personally, but I also haven't been to the pharmacy a whole lot recently i'm more so worried about the people who are out in rural areas and if people are striking in the rural areas the folks who go an hour or half an hour even to get to their pharmacy and then show up and nobody's there that's a little bit disheartening but even that being said people deserve to work in safe environments and if there's stuff going on that's not safe then they should make a statement about it we talked about frontline workers during the pandemic and pharmacists were like one of those places yeah. that had to stay open yeah and they were working all hours a day. Mail order stuff started just flowing out the door. So there was so much these people had to do. Mm -hmm. But there, there's, there seems to have been no relaxation, no return to the mean, and that they've just been working these long hours. And now you've, you've got to impose. <laughs> they're, they're finally getting real like labor laws and pharmacies. It's just wild to me. Yeah, yeah. It's sad that they have to go through the pandemic and then still have to fight for that. Healthcare is a wacky world, is it not? All right, what do you got next? The Biden administration is posing some changes to the independent dispute resolution process that was implemented through the No Surprises Act. It's been a bit fraught, but per RevCycle Intelligence, the Biden-Harris administration proposed a rule to refine the independent dispute resolution process, also known as IDR. IDR. For surprise medical billing. The changes that they are suggesting 
aim to improve payer and provider communication during a 30-day open negotiation period, which will be initiated via a federal IDR portal. New content elements such as plan type and service location are going to be included in the negotiation notice. The rule proposes standardized batching provisions for handling multiple items or services in a single dispute, which aims to increase the efficiency of the process. Eligibility determinations will be streamlined to occur within five business days. Five business days? I don't even get my packages in five business days a lot of the time, so I feel like that's those are that's high a tall order, right but we'll see it. And administration fees will be collected directly by the departments from disputing parties. The changes aim to reduce administrative burden, protect patients from unfair billing practices. Kyle, the IDR was highlighted as a solution to surprise billing and out-of-network spending. What gives with its rollout? This is one of those instances that kind of reminds me of healthcare.gov. It's a really great idea, but launching any type of federal portal or process takes way more troubleshooting and planning prior to it being opened up. As soon as this portal opened up originally for the disputes to begin, it just got flooded. Mm -hmm. And we should have anticipated that. The option is there to dispute these claims. Out-of-network claims are like the used cars (laughs) of the healthcare world where the value is, no one really knows what the value of it is. So there's a lot of negotiation that goes on. And let me tell you, payers are paying a lot of money on payment integrity to nip this in the bud. And providers, the smaller ones, the not affiliated with large health system, do not have the legal resources and the technology resources to go to bat with these organizations. So it's a wild situation. Now, any attempts to make this more efficient is great, but I feel like the idea was fully cooked, but the operation was half-baked. And that's where, see, you can tell I have trick-or-treats on my brain right now, sweets and all those things. Nice. Lots of bacon. So it's just crazy that whereas the intention is good, the execution is poor. And it's going to take a lot more time for this to to even out. But at the end of the day, it's necessary. One could say that you could just eliminate all this just by creating some kind of reimbursement system that was different than the ones we currently have. And the thing is, it's getting more and more expensive to get to subscribe to a plan that can give you everything you want. So going out of network, it's still very much a reality because navigating the healthcare system is an absolute nightmare. Yeah. Too, yep. too strong? No, no, it's Halloween. That's absolutely appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get on to something a little bit more positive. Yeah. Healthcare consumers and their wearables. Everyone under the sun these days, except for Kelsey, yep. has either an Apple Watch, a Fitbit, some other variation, right? There are so many. So a survey by Software Advice found that 59% of healthcare consumers would make healthier choices if physicians incorporated data from wearable devices into treatment plans. I can't imagine physicians really want more data, right. but hey, whatever, let's just get on to that. We'll hold on. <laughs> we'll hold off that one for just a moment here. Conducted in September 2023, or otherwise last month, the survey included 876 U.S. respondents who own healthcare wearables. A significant 91% wish to share their wearables data with doctors, primarily to take an active role in health management and improve health outcomes. Most prefer to review this data in person with physicians or include it on intake forms. While interest in prescribed activities and future wearable tech remains high, concerns remain around data privacy and accuracy. 
Their findings align with previous research indicating increased adoption and daily usage of wearable devices alongside ongoing concerns about data security. Kelsey, what is your stance on wearables? Pairs have been huge proponents yeah. of wearables, even giving them away as part of the health plans. So where do you stand on the whole wearable situation? Yeah, I think we're just, I don't own a wearable, but I am not against the idea of wearables. I just don't, I don't wear watches generally, and I don't need more things telling me how many messages I have because I already know that I have too many. But as a healthcare device, I think that they have been really helpful in helping like patients to take control of their own care and to actually be more aware of where their health is at on a hour by hour or even minute by minute basis. I think it is interesting what you said about maybe physicians don't want all of this new data. It it it's there's two sides to each coin in healthcare and there is the side of the coin that says we're already struggling to process the data that we currently have. But but I, I think there's also a side that says more data tends to be, once we've sifted through it, it tends to be more helpful than not. Yeah. Maybe I the know. physicians yeah. don't even need it. Maybe it's really just for patients. That's what I, honestly, that's where I think a lot of it is. Because I, I think that from the people I know who use wearables, it's really about keeping them and holding them themselves accountable yeah. or work or with a group. So there's a community experience to it. So I don't necessarily know that showing your doctor activity in real numbers is any better than just being honest with your doctor and saying that you're getting physical activity. I feel like that stuff will be borne out in your lab work and things like that. There should be improvements in, in other areas. And the other thing is, if that data, in many ways, is just continuous data, what does it tell the provider that the provider doesn't necessarily know? Unless you're having some kind of cardiac episode or unless you're talking about a continuous glucose monitor, which is right. something we actually talked about on the Healthcare yeah. Strategies podcast not too long ago. Mm -hmm. I don't see how this could lead to any type of intervention. If somebody's wearing a wearable and is not active, is the doctor going to say, I looked at your data, you're not doing anything? Like, do things. But from back to your point, though, from a consumer standpoint, I, as somebody who owns a watch that's branded by a company named after fruit, I would say that it does remind me of certain things and it can be part of a mindfulness component, which we know is really vital for somebody kind of having power to make changes in their life and to get that support on a regular basis. So. Kelsey, I don't know. I know you hate wearables, but I just think that we need to <laughs> strong stance, strong, strong stance, stance. <laughs> anti-wearables. All right, what, what we got last? What we got last today? All right, the last thing we have here is another headline about that the feds are up to. President Joe Biden signed an executive order setting standards for artificial intelligence, and the goal was to ensure that it is quote safe, secure, and trustworthy. End quote. Strong quote right there. I'm glad we had that in quotation marks. Yeah, it's a very powerful, moving statement. <laughs> yeah. The order emphasizes safety, privacy, and civil rights, and it directs AI developers to share safety test results if their tools do pose a national security or public health risk. One would hope that- Oh, so Skynet that... could come, everyone. I'm glad somebody in the White House did watch Terminator, and they know right. that we should be mindful. That's comforting. The Department of Health and Human Services is instructed, so this is the health part. There's the national security part, but then the health part is that the Department of Health and Human Services is instructed to monitor AI use in healthcare for any potential safety issues. The order also aims to stimulate 
AI research and is part of a broader strategy involving legislative and international efforts. It responds to growing concerns in the healthcare sector that have been voiced even on this podcast sometimes about the impact of AI tools on patient care and safety, that double-sided coin of the good that it can do and the danger that might be possible with it. Kyle, thoughts? It's about time, right? This technology has been, everyone's been talking about it. Right. No matter where you go, any healthcare conference you go to right now, yeah. there is nonstop talk about some tool and does this, does that. And these are like the low-hanging fruit of AI that I, I would even calling a chat bot like generative AI to me is, is a little ridiculous. It's just a scripted experience. However, we do know that AI can do a lot of the computational work that we would like to do or like to see done more efficiently, thereby freeing up providers to actually do much more of the human intelligence component, which is like translating that into some kind of care action. So that's what I want to see. I do not see at least in the healthcare space, I would definitely shy away from this replacing any type of meaningful interaction between two humans. Yeah, Healthcare is literally the laying on of hands and figuring things out, that type of vibe. Technology is not there. Technology needs to be in the background doing all these other things so that exchange, the two people can be present, they can actually look at each other, and they can communicate in real time about real things and not worry so much about the complexity of healthcare and all the other things that go on behind the scenes. Yeah. It's two weeks in a row where I've ended on the soapbox. <laughs> that's, that's totally right. That concludes today's episode of Healthcare Strategies Headlines. Woo. Happy Halloween to all of our trick-and-treaters out there. And the rest of you, we'll catch you in November. Yeah. Take care. See ya. This is a Tech Target production.